0: Hello. Hello. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Pie Factory Podcast.
1: Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. Um, Welcome to another fantastic podcast of Podcasty McPodcast Face. Uh, Once again, from Morris, Illinois, this is Jimmy G.
0: And once again, from Chicago... I don't want to say Chicago, Illinois, because I said before, Chicago is its own state. This is true. And as far as I'm aware, there's only one Chicago in the United States. That might be true if you don't count North Chicago and East Chicago and West Chicago.
1: Which I remember a long time ago, I people that know me know I collect maps, and sometimes I'll just be looking at them. And I actually, found, I grew up, I was born and grew up in the city of Joliet, Illinois, grew and I found there. out there's actually another Joliet in the United oh, States.
0: Oh, I, I think I know what you're talking about.
1: Montana. It's in Montana. Yeah, it's in Montana. It's about maybe 1,000 people. <laughs> so, yeah. So if you say for, you're from Joliet, when somebody says, oh, what prison did you go to? You know what Joliet they're exactly. talking about. Exactly. That's not the one in yeah, Montana. Yeah, it's the
0: equivalent of, uh, but, oh, you're from New Jersey? What exit?
1: <laughs> Indeed. As I say, Joliet, four prisons, no waiting.
0: I didn't say who I am. Um, I don't know who I No, am. you did Who
1: am I? Are we going to repeat a joke? Uh, we don't repeat things. Oh, no, no, no. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I, I, I've, I've got one. <clears throat> and who are you? You're the man with the golden gun. There you go. So we don't do the who joke, now we do a Nancy Sinatra, Nancy Sinatra joke. Nancy Sinatra. Combined with a James Bond joke. Why would we do mm-hmm. something stupid like that? Have you listened to the show lately?
0: You didn't see what I did there.
1: No, I didn't, because I had the camera turned off.
0: So, anyway, this is the man with the golden Sean.
1: Ooh, that's good. I like that. That's your name for today. The man with the golden Sean. Actually, that would be me, wouldn't it? Because you would be the golden Sean, since your name is Sean, and I would be with you. I can you.
0: have myself. I can be with myself, can I not?
1: Yeah, I suppose you could. I'm an introvert. Yeah, An introvert with multiple personalities. How would that work? <laughs> we have Very multiple personalities carefully. that don't talk to each other. Well, nobody would know. That's true. Ooh, that's a good way to hide it. So, how are you, Sean? Or the man with the golden, Sean? Um,
0: I, I am kind of tired. I mean, it's, it's a Monday night that we're doing this. Um, actually, I'm a little bit festive. You know why? Why? Because this is Pie Factory Podcast's one-year anniversary tonight.
1: Bring out the hats and hooters when Josie comes home. Oh, wait a minute, that's Steely Dan. Um, yes, let's celebrate good times. Come on. I'm trying okay. to think of other songs, but these are going nowhere again. Man, everything I do like goes nowhere lately. That's weird. Well, no, I guess I maybe it's par for the course.
0: I don't know, but uh, yeah, Steely Dan, Cool and the Gang, you know, I mean, what are you going to do, huh? Yeah, Nancy Sinatra celebrate, so. celebrate dance to the music I, mean, oh, see to what the I music. mean even Three Dog Night isn't getting anywhere but, uh, <laughs> but yeah this is uh, the day we are recording this April 25th this is the one year anniversary of the release of Pie Factory Podcast Episode 0
1: yay and there yay. was much rejoicing oh was there there was and Hyde you know you should drop in the clip from Monty Python and the Holy Grail And there was much rejoicing. Yeah, we didn't have Hyde a year ago. No, we didn't. Uh, We we were doing the show
0: ourselves,
1: and it really showed. Yeah, no kidding. Then Hyde came in. Well, Hyde... We didn't bring him on. He pretty much he was originally a listener to the show and he was uh, if I'm not mistaken didn't he was wasn't he like banging on your door demanding to demanding to do the uh to do the post production on it? Yeah, I think so. He was
0: actually looking for some kind of work because he moved here from I think uh, the Baton Rouge area or something because he had gotten a new job that kind of fell through by the time he actually got here. Mm-hmm. So he needed something for money. I think he's just finally now just got a uh a nine to five job over at uh, the me station.
1: Yeah. I, I want to think when he, before he came over to pie factory, he was actually doing post-production on a podcast down in Louisiana called all about alligators or something that like might
0: that. That might've been it. That's right.
1: Yeah. And it uh, actually, that was a pretty good podcast. They um, really went over, really went into detail, the differences between alligators and crocodiles. And if, if you haven't heard it, I listened to it. It's really good stuff. I mean, we joke about hide, but that was some good stuff.
0: Yeah, and by the way, if anybody, anybody ever sees Hyde posting on Facebook or something, he comes across as kind of a kind of well, quite frankly, a jerk. He's not. He's actually a really, really nice guy. He just hey
1: sh- hey Sean Sean pst, hey uh did he pay you to say that? Hyde pay us? Huh, yeah, right. That's where the intermission music goes.
0: I know the perfect
1: intermission music, but Ferg uses it. Yes, for Monty Python. I, I yep. Did they use yep. the same music in Strange Brew? I haven't a, seen Strange Brew in so long. I don't remember. Oh, I've got that on DVD. I need to watch it again. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, there's a, there's like a two-second intermission in it. I've listened to the song Strange Brew because I like cream, but you know. Oh, the movie Strange Brew is so good. I love it. A a little couple little programming notes here uh, for oh. listeners of Pie Factory. I am going to be a guest if it's not uh, released by this time on the next episode of Intari Visions. Um. Ooh. Yes, I. Um, I uh, will be talking about the Adam Coleco Adam version of Zaxxon. Oh, there's and, a shocker. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, so we had fun with uh, with Rob and Ferg and you know and Bill Cosby and Fat Albert and all the gang. So uh, that's uh, that is a, a little programming note there. And uh, we are working. That makes it officially now that you've been a guest on
0: other podcasts one more than I have.
1: Yes, and it's still going to be one more than you have. Well, if you don't count political podcasts, because a couple of months ago I was actually a guest on a political podcast. But uh, I don't count anything political. Well, that's true. We will, uh, me and you are working on doing something with the Super Podcast Brothers in a few weeks here. Oh, that's true. Yes, so uh, listen for further details on that. Indeed. And, uh, indeed. Um, you know what? I'm not going to be at liberty to say what what is up um, with it at this point, but uh, we're working on it. And uh, we're working well, on...
0: For, before you're at liberty to say what's up with it, we have to know in the first place. So, it, that's
1: know. exactly true. That's <laughs> why I'm not at liberty to say much, much more than what I've already said. And that might be a little too much out of the bag there, if you know what I'm saying, oh. huh? Oh. You know, so. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But, uh, so, yes, those are some programming notes there. And um, I don't think... Is there any other thing we need to make our listeners aware of, other than the fact that we are just in- incredibly handsome? Well, I thought you said fact. Oh, I didn't say fantasy, did I?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, have you seen a picture of me lately? Yeah. actually, I've seen you
1: recently, so that, I think... Oh, of I've, I've of gotten
0: my, my hairs cut since then, so I look even differenter now. Yeah, and I still
1: don't shave i'm just real lazy when it comes to shaving i'm thinking about growing a jake area at a beard because it seems to bring him success and uh, no hitters and wins and and stuff like that so i'm thinking about growing one oh. and maybe my uh my oh, we're uh, gonna get back life. to
0: that before this show's over by the way oh we are yeah, oh yeah i think you know what i'm talking about too but we're not gonna get into that right now are we uh, i don't know oh oh you know what i did recently uh i don't you have don't anything know. clever to say so no. tell me you don't, you don't know. Because right, remember don't. how I, some time ago I had completely bashed headquarters beercade. Yes, because I thought, oh. it, mm-hmm. and you know, then I then something happened later that made me think. You know what? I'm starting to have second thoughts. I don't think those were maim cabinets after all.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
0: said I'd give them a second chance. Well, I did. I did, actually went back to headquarters beercade last week, mm-hmm. and it might be my last trip there. Actually, simply out of convenience sake. The reason I was there is because they are located literally like 50 feet away from where my second job's office is. Uh-huh. And I was due for my annual performance review. I got there early, like a good hour early. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I'll kill time over at headquarters. So I went in, you know, with a much more open mind. And I got to tell you, I made it to the basic level of Tron. That's the third level. I never Yay. made it that far before. So I was like, Ooh, I'm having a good time. You know, I play a little bit of dig dug and I noticed on the Frogger machine there was a sign on it that said, "If this is not working properly, please let us know." Mm-hmm. So that, I, th- I was like, "Ooh, okay, they actually care." I'm I'm happy to see that. But mm-hmm. uh, and I pl- I tried to play it and it wasn't working properly. And I still haven't notified anybody yet. Geez, I have to I'll I'll email them or something just so they know. But uh, and that was probably my last trip over there. Yeah, the reason it's the last trip over there for me is because well. My second job, they just moved a mile down the street, Oh geez, so I'm not going to have proximity there. (laughs)
1: Well, you could still make a special trip down there.
0: Yeah, I probably still could. I need to get there still. Yeah, they really don't have many video games. It's pretty sparse there. In fact, a friend of mine uh, once said, oh, yeah, you don't go to headquarters for video games. You go there for pinball, and they do have a pretty good selection (laughs) of pinball machines. I didn't play any, but uh, and they're free. I, I don't know about the pinball machines, but the video games are on free play.
1: So, I'm assuming that um, your um, overall opinion of the place has uh, pretty much uh, really risen, huh? It's still not one of
0: my favorite places, but you know, uh, it's not something I'm going to like.
1: Ne- I'm, I'm assuming, pr- though, intentionally avoid. I'm, I'm just, I'm assuming though that you're just saying that mainly because it just doesn't, it doesn't really have a, a huge selection. Well, yeah, I mean, the thing is,
0: like, it's it's a place you want to. I think it's one of those places where you want to go, you really want to go to drink more than anything. It's huge. Right. It's pretty big. Mm-hmm. It, it's got
1: lots of open air, but I think it's mainly for drinking. I might be wrong. I don't know. But Well, and one place I need to get to, and I really, next time you're down around this way, I want to get down there with you, is uh, we, we've taught, mentioned them a few times. There is a, a pinball arcade in downtown Joliet, Illinois, just a few blocks ah, yes. up from uh, the Rialto Square Theater, which some people have called the most beautiful theater in the world. And if you've ever been in there, you could see why they would call it that. And it's right next to the Joliet Junior College Renaissance Center. It's the Chicago Street Pinball Arcade, and I still need to get in there. They're open uh, Thursday through Saturday from five to eleven, and on Sunday from one to seven. And it looks like they got a couple of uh, video games in there. I see a Pingo and a Pac Man, but it's mostly uh, it's mostly pinball. They got like thirty pinball machines, all you can play all night wristbands for twelve bucks. Kids twelve and under eight bucks. I really want to get there. I want to check it out because I'm looking at some pictures in their uh, website right now. It looks like a pretty uh, a pretty snazzy place. So uh, I really want to get over there. And I've got, my dad just lives a couple of miles from there. So it's it's like, I mean, I really have no excuse to not pop in there other than not having money. But uh, I do want to. I was just in Crest Hill yesterday. Yeah?
0: I didn't have enough. I didn't really have much time. I was at was the parents' house. My dad just turned 76. so We were having a birthday thing for him. And I just wanted to get home.
1: Well, let's see. I really do
0: want to go. In fact, the same friend who told me that headquarters is not really a place you want for video games. You want to go there for pinball. Um, He actually scheduled his 50th birthday party to Mm -hmm. be at uh, the what's the name of it again? Uh, Chicago Street Pinball Arcade. Chicago Street Pinball Arcade. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, his 50th birthday is over eight years away. So it's Ah. still going to be a while.
1: But here here's a list of their games. There's a, there's a place there's a website called pinballmap.com which is kind of like arcade except for pinball machines. Here's what they have. Ooh. And nothing that I've really heard of other than maybe one or two machines. But uh, there's a few on here I really really want to try. They've got uh, Alien Poker, The Bally Game Show, Bear Cora, Big Ben, Parliament, uh, Black Knight, there's I <laughs> Black Knight 2000, Blackout, Bobby Orr's Power Play, Break Shot, Comet, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Cyclone. Here's one that I really want to play, seeing as I'm a huge fan of the film series. Dirty Harry, Doctor Who, Doctor Dude, (laughs) Earthshaker, Flash, Jackbot, Jokers, Jungle Lord, Lucky Strike, The Machine, Bride of Pinbot, Metallica, which I've played the Metallica pinball. That's a really good machine. Uh, No Good Gophers, Uh, Pinbot, of course, Uh, Pharaoh, Phoenix, Pool Sharks, Red and Ted's Roadshow, Roller Games, Secret Service, Sorcerer, Taxi, Travel Time, Tri-Zone, It, The Walking Dead, uh, Whitewater, and X-Men. So I really want to get over there and uh, check this place out. It sounds pretty awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. They don't have my favorites, Twilight Zone, Terminator 2, or Star Trek Next Gen, but uh, as I said, there's uh, quite a few on here that I really want to try.
0: And yet another place that doesn't have Police Force. That was a very common game huh. when it was out in, in the early 90s. What Police Where Force? It- was that a Williams... I don't remember who manufactured it. Because there was it. I really a, um, there was, was probably
1: Williams, but on a, the Atari Lynx, there was a, a pinball, uh, a collection of two pinball tables. One was an Elvira machine, and another there was another one. It was like a police chase one. Both were Williams tables, and that was uh, one of my favorite uh, actually uh, Atari Lynx machine um, games, which I missed getting. Rid- I should not have gotten rid of that. That was an awesome, awesome device, but. Um, um, but it was, yeah, it was Elvira, Mistress of the Dark Pinball, and then there was a, a, like a cop chase game, and I can't remember the name of it for the life of me, but that was a really fun one, and I've been uh, wanting to find that. And everyone says Pinbot's a classic, and I have never played it, so I've got to really? go there and ch- uh, check it out.
0: everywhere, everywhere except Underground Retrocade, I think. And the thing is, I think Underground Retrocade, they specifically avoid the most common ones, because mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, everybody else has those, we want the ones that are less common.
1: Pinbot was actually released on the Nintendo Entertainment System.
0: Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so um, if it was just a, a, a brand name Pinball machine released on the NES, you know it has to be a classic. If, if you're going to have a pinball machine on a game system, for the most part, it's either something generic like Video Pinball, which Atari 2600, as we said on the 7800 special episode, is actually a pretty good game, or it's just something that's just totally contrived for uh, for a home console, like the Austin Powers International Man of Mystery pinball, which was, I believe, on the PlayStation 1. So, and that was just, I don't think that was even an arcade pinball machine. I think it was just for that, but, um, but yeah, so I want to try, I want to check this place out. I I, I really don't have much of an excuse to not go over there. It's only like 15 miles from where I live, max.
0: So yeah, it's only about 38 miles from where I live.
1: Hey, you can always take the train down there. The train station's only a short, that's like, right. six blocks from there.
0: That's right, but it'll take me an hour just to get to the train station in Chicago. So,
1: so you might as well just drive down there and... So I might as well just drive down there in an hour, you know? That's true. So, so there's that, and um, so that's uh, someplace I want to go. I haven't really done much in the way of playing games or anything lately. I'm still trying to work on my Raspberry Pi. I believe I mentioned that I got this. Maybe I didn't mention. I bought this device called a Vision Adapter, and it, I don't think you did. Yeah, it allows you. I'm this one allows forgetful. you to put uh, uh, hook up uh, ColecoVision and Television, Sega Genesis, or whatever uh, type controllers to uh, any USB device, and I was. Trying to work with it on my Raspberry Pi with the Cool CV emulator because I would, not if I could use one of my Coleco Vision controllers on it to play that, that would make it so much easier because I wouldn't have to hook a keyboard up to it to select the games and to you know whatever for for the gameplay. But I haven't really been able to work with it too much in there because the uh, the controller setup for a Cool CV on uh, and i had mentioned there were some issues with that on the uh, I believe on the last episode, but. But that's not really not the, really the greatest of things. But uh, I did hook it up to my PC, and uh, I am using my uh, Sega Genesis uh, three-button joystick, the arcade joystick, which is my all-time favorite controller. And um, uh, I was uh, playing some uh, Gradius with it, and oh gosh, that is that is nice. This is a nice controller to be playing with on your PC. I did try the. Um, the Sega Sports Pad for Centipede, and it got it to work somewhat, but it's just still not the same as doing it in the arcade. And you know, take that for whatever it's worth. But uh, I, I think if you really want those kind of results, you have to get like a like a track mouse thing. You know what? You know, one of the like the ball thing instead of a mouse. So my
0: gaming has been pretty much limited to the games we're going to talk about mm-hmm. for this show. But um, oh, actually, there is another game that I got for the seventy-eight hundred that I will talk about later on in this show. So yeah, my games have been pretty much just limited to practicing for today.
1: Alright, well, there you go. Should we jump right into Addenda and Errata? Let's jump, jump. We're just here to jump around. Jump around. Jump up, jump up, and get down. Jump, jump, jump
0: into Addenda and Errata. Pie Factory will make you jump, jump. Warm it up, Jimmy G. Enderata. Enderata. Enderata.
1: Enderata. 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 Well, um just a few things that I noticed.
0: Do tell. When
1: I was actually uh messing around with um the uh, two games we discussed last time, the two G games, and uh, one was uh Gradius, the other one was Galaga, although in the the notes that I typed up, I put an s on the end, so it was Galagas. So I don't know why I did that, but uh check this out. Um I uh, with my trusty Sega Arcade controller, which I had uh, set up in MAME uh, to use with Gradius. And oh, by the way, I was mentioning uh, in the Gradius episode where the arcade, you have one button for your shooting and one for your bombs. Totally forgot that in MAME, you can set it up to where you can have both of those functions on one button so you could be more like the NES experience. So I did that, and then I hit, of course, this joystick has Uh. the rapid fire that you can turn on and off. And so I was playing Gradius just to, you know, give it around. It didn't have any cheats turned on or anything, and it got pretty uh, pretty far in it. And um, I got on the high score table, which I'd never gotten on before in the arcade version. And check this out. Before Gradius asks you to input your initials, First, it asks you to input your gender, select from either male or female, and then it asks you to input your zodiac sign. Huh? (laughs) There's got to be an Easter egg. There's got to be a reason for that. That just seems so kind of bizarre and out there. And yeah, there's there's got to be a reason for that. And I would love to find out if what that reason is. That is just just something that is so totally bizarre. And I'm surprised we didn't we didn't well probably neither of you or me got on the high score table before we recorded the it's episode. Exactly. So uh, but yeah. that was uh, that's actually going to be one of my new strategies is to try to get on the high score table to find if there's any sort of bizarre things on them if I can't get on there legitimately I'll try to cheat so that I can see what's uh, actually see what's on the high score table that I'll probably never, ever, ever, ever see anyway. But uh, but yeah, I mean, that is just There's got to be something
0: going on. Like, if you put in certain initials in a certain Zodiac sign, it's probably like some kind of developer
1: It's uh, got to be. Thing. Oh, and when it says asks you to There's put in be. your Zodiac sign, it doesn't say like Cancer, Leo, Capricorn, Virgo. It just shows you a picture of what the Zodiac sign is supposed huh. to be. It doesn't tell you which one it is, so I just guessed for whatever Virgo was. So... The plot thickens. Something else I totally forgot about on Galaga, or Galagas, as my uh, notes here say, totally forgot that while your ship is being abducted by the boss, uh, the boss uh, creature, you can actually keep hitting the fire button, and it is possible to destroy the boss before he, he totally captures your ship. When you get abducted, when you're up in the tractor beam, your ship spins around. Okay, On the Atari 7800 version, you can only hit the fire button when your ship is like facing straight up. However, on the arcade, you're just spinning around and you will fire every time you hit the uh, the fire button. But if your ship happens to be facing upward at an angle, your shot will go that way or left or right or down or whatever d- uh, direction your ship is facing while it's spinning, while it's being abducted. So uh, totally forgot about that. That's, uh, that's kind of a neat little uh, little uh, thing I that you could do in that. never knew about that. Yeah, wow. check that out. That's pretty. Uh, that's actually a pretty cool thing. I remember doing it all the time, but it just like when we recorded the episode, it just slipped my mind. So do we have any more addenda and errata before we continue
0: on here? Oh, yeah, we have a couple of things. Uh, we mentioned the Gradius World Records last time, yeah. one of them being set by Pete Hahn from uh, Galloping Ghost Arcade. Mm-hmm. We got a little note from him. Um, hey guys, just got done listening. Great episode.
1: (laughs) Little does he know.
0: He must have the volume turned down, I don't know. (laughs) But uh, Pete goes on to say, uh... That game. The G version of Nemesis is one of my favorite games series of all time. The score you saw on Orcade for me on Nemesis technically is a world record score, but that's only because it's on normal difficulty... The Twin Galaxies world record score is done on easy difficulty. Oh, oh yeah. And b- by the way, before I go on, one thing that uh, we talked about was how uh, I was suspicious of the Twin Galaxies score because it was so much more. Mm-hmm. Like it was what in the millions, I think. Yeah, it was, it was up there. Yeah. And, and there had been talk about how a lot of the older records on Twin Galaxies are kind of up for debate as to how legitimate they mm-hmm. are. Well, Pete goes on to say, I don't doubt it's legitimacy either. Uh, the G version of Nemesis isn't a very difficult shmup compared to some of the rest of the genre, at least. One would have to loop the game two times and then some in order to get that score on Twin Galaxies. My score on Orcade, I only beat one loop of it and died shortly after in the second loop. So, uh, um, I... All right, Scott, I saw your comment here. Grady, yes, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, okay, so that does explain things, and okay, that does absolutely make sense. If Twin Galaxies is going by easy and Arcade is going by medium, then I can totally understand that. So, Pete, thank you so much for clarifying that. And um, you know what? There's something that uh, we we got some feedback on Atari Age from uh, Phil the No Swear Gamer, mm-hmm. and um, this is going back to the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles episode. First of all, he's talking about uh, the movie. The movie was called Turtles Forever. Some fans yes. really don't like it, but I was entertained by it. Even if they made the early cartoon turtles a little too yes, goofy. That's
1: the uh, for those who don't remember. That's the uh, the Ninja Turtles cartoon that went back and had the modern turtles go back to the to the late '80s, early '90s turtles, and then they went back to meet up the ones in the uh, the black and white comic books.
0: There you go. And we had talked about how in Europe the uh, title of the game was called Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Mm-hmm. So Phil talks about this. Also in Europe, not only did they replace Hero for Ninja, but they took away Michelangelo. Actually, does he pronounce it Michelangelo in the cartoon?
1: I believe it is pronounced Michelangelo in the in the in the cartoon.
0: It's technically supposed to
1: be Michelangelo. Oh, well, there you go. Because it's M-I-C-H-E-L.
0: If it were M-I-C-H-A-E-L, it would be Michelangelo, but it's Michelangelo. Uh, it took away that guy's num- uh, nunchucks and later gave him a grappling hook instead, at least in the cartoon. So that's another difference between... Uh, I-, I did not know that.
1: You know, it, it occurs to me, and I was just uh, reading something about this, that the censorship over entertainment properties in the UK is astounding. I mean, we remember them for allowing Monty Python and, and Benny Hill to be extremely racy and and uh, and sexy. And in fact, Monty Python's Flying Circus showed boobs on the show several times. And now you'll, you'll listen to all of these stories coming out of the UK about the censorship and the, how in the 80s they had a list of video nasties that were banned in the country. And it's just really amazing that anything gets released over there. In fact, I was just reading an article. Somebody it came across my Facebook page that some, there was an independent filmmaker in the UK that was so pissed off about how the, uh, the UK's uh sensor board is so strict that he made a 10 hour film. It was called paint oh, drying and it was literally yes. just watching paint drying and by law, all of the people on the censor sh- board have to watch every minute of every movie. So they were there for 10 hours watching paint dry. I like that guy, and if he <laughs> ever comes to the U.S., I'll buy him a beer or whatever of his choice. Yeah, there you go. The thing
0: is, they, they're very liberal over there, though, because when they showed the Osbournes, they didn't censor it. They didn't censor the Osbournes, except maybe when Ozzy dropped an F-bomb, but that huh. was pretty much it.
1: I did not know. It's, it's weird. I wonder if that's maybe just... Um, it really doesn't make any sense. I mean, if we complain in the United States here about uh about, you know, the censorship, ro- you know, the the censorship and whatever and that supposedly is existing in this country. In fact, there's a really good documentary I may have uh mentioned it before on here. It's called This Film Is Not Yet Rated. It talks about the uh Motion Picture Association of America's uh Ratings Board and how uh there's corruption going on and they have interviews with uh Trey Parker, Matt Stone, and um, a few other uh, people whose names I can't recall right off the top of my head. And seriously, seek out that documentary and watch it. It's really a, a really fascinating thing. But but we complain, but we don't realize that even for as bad as our system is here in this country, it's still better than most other uh, westernized countries uh, out there, which does really blow your mind when you think about it.
0: Something that I did, too, like in terms of this whole censorship mm-hmm. thing, Now, keep in mind that we are in North America. We're not in Europe, so we don't have easy access to European Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. uh, Wait, uh, let me say say it again because it's plural. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cabinets. There we go. we We don't have access to those, but we can under dubious legality, of course, get the MAME ROM. So I tried out the European version of the MAME ROM. And sure enough, yeah, the title screen does say Teenage Mutant Hero mm-hmm. Turtles, but the music didn't change. It was still, the lyrics in the song were still Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
1: Probably just cost way too much for them to change the to change the lyrics. Yeah.
0: It's one of the most useless theme songs I've ever heard anyway. Mm-hmm. It's, just this, it's just the title over and over and over. Heroes in a half shell. It's like, it could be okay, worse, though. It could cares? be one of
1: those uh, movies whose uh, titles, when it's translated into, like, when or when it's uh, released in, like, India or something, you know, the title of the movie, like, explains the plot away. Like, I remember Wayne's World in India was called, Yes, These Two Are Idiots, but They Will Win in the End. Rumor has it.
0: And that's what pisses me off about Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, because it gives away the ending in the title.
1: Yes, but we don't know
0: how he conquers the Martians. It's about the ride, not the destination. But they shouldn't have titled it, though. Otherwise, you know, it it changes everything. But uh, anyway, Phil goes on to say, personally, TMNT is one of my all-time fave arcade games. Well, fav, actually, arcade games. a fav five. It may be a generational thing. It seems a lot of gamers from that era rave about the game, whereas gamers from five to ten years early tend to gravitate towards more of the early to mid-80s fare. Okay, that, I don't know. I don't know how true that is, because... Underground Retrocade's number one fan, Matt Burke, uh-huh. he's the one who demonstrated TMNT for for me for this show. He's, I believe, three weeks to the day younger than me. Just three weeks, just three weeks, and he told me this is his favorite video game. I don't care for it at all, and I don't think Phil's that. I don't know how old Phil is, but I don't think he's. That much older or younger than okay. me. Now,
1: and that's in the, where we where we got that from. In uh, from on the Pie Factory podcast uh, thread on the Atari age in the um, gaming websites and publications sub-forum, uh, Cinecaster continues on here, and I think, and this really is more describes me more than uh, than what uh, than what Phil was saying. He was responding to Phil. He says that might be true in general, but count me in the exception camp. I was 12, 13 years old when this game first appeared in arcades, and I was absolutely blown away by it then. But with the passage of time and countless hours of game discovery in May, and retro arcades as an adult, much has changed. I could see how that my early 90s infatuation with TMNT Arcade did not stem from its actual gameplay, but from the novelty of its glossy presentation, the big four-player control panel, large screen, bombastic soundtrack, graphics that made me feel like I was playing the cartoon, etc., Nowadays, good audio visuals and multiplayer can't carry a game because those traits have become so common that the point of desensitization is but a distant memory. I can't believe I said that word without screwing up. Anyway, uh, never mind that they have progressed far beyond what was possible in 1990. So, much of the edge that TMNT had is lost, and all that is left is. IMO, an extremely shallow and perfunctory button-mashing quarter muncher of a game. For all of TMNT's audiovisual splendor, my adolescent self didn't realize that there are many Golden Age Classics that are, again, IMO, much richer in gameplay, scoring strategy and replay value, despite being superficially simplistic. And I totally agree. I was actually probably five years older than Cinecaster. No, actually, I probably was a little bit older when uh, the Ninja Turtles machine came out. I don't know. I'd have to double-check which year that came out. Uh, bingo card. But I am the same way. I absolutely loved the game when it came out. I spent many, many dollars in the thing, but now I play it. And I probably don't dislike it as much as Cinecaster does, but I just don't have the same feeling for it anymore. It's just, I think he really nailed it when he said that uh, his early 90s infatuation with the machine didn't stem from the gameplay, but from the novelty of the whole thing. And I think that's, I'm probably in the same camp with that.
0: It kind of reminds me of uh, what you said about Terminator 2, and that the attraction of it was that you were pretty much playing the movie, and that's probably what's going on here. Well,
1: but even this, though, doesn't really, it's just kind of a generic plot. But then again, let's be honest, let's be honest, though, Ninja Turtles was a typical weekday afternoon cartoon show that didn't really have much of a plot in the first place. But... Terminator that, that Two. Also the true. reason I really liked that one is you were playing the movie, you were following the plot of the movie. It was an interactive, in my opinion, interactive version of the movie. And I, while you didn't like it because of uh, the fact uh, uh, its quarter muncher- munching propensity, I guess I enjoyed it because I thought the entertainment I got out of it was worth, you know, the money that I put into it. Ninja Turtles. I don't know. Maybe I need to play it again with more than just by myself because uh, a lot of a lot of times games like that are a lot more fun with more people oh yeah yeah and and I will play Ninja Turtles again but I just it's not one of my go-to's it just it just isn't
0: well you know what we can do We can listen to somebody else's take on Teenage Mutant ninja Turtles specifically Greg aka Soulblazer from the Super NES podcast um, he sent us in
1: hi Soulblazer.
0: And uh, hi from me too, by the way. Uh, he sent us in some audio hey. feedback, and uh, this is actually some old uh, this is actually old yeah. and I, and Greg, I'm so sorry that we didn't get a chance to drop it in, so you're going to hear him re- refer to some future things that had already happened.:
1: Future events such as these will affect you in the future.
0: By this point, so just want to uh but yeah, anyway let's uh, let's hear what Greg had to say.
2: Hey guys, uh, Greg AK Soapblazer here. Uh, wanted to fire off a quick audio recording for you to give you both some feedback, and also talk about one of the games that you guys are covering like, in this week's episode. In regards to your last episode, I really, I really enjoyed like hearing the discussion like about Tron. Tron definitely is like one of my favorite uh, like a games. That was in the arcades, and uh, I've gotten pretty good at the game. I'm usually able to get to the the fourth round, but there are people on YouTube who are just complete masters of the game, and I don't know how they've been able to get so good. Like about cheating. I play Tron on the Xbox Live mostly, as you guys talked about, mentioned the controller works okay. I use the I use the regular 360 controller, and you're able to map the controls a little bit to, to be able to make it work. Discatron is on there also, and the controls for that are very similar. For that game, you use the L and R trigger buttons to change the direction of the uh, of the angle that you're firing the disk in, and the and the joystick moves your character around. One button shoots another character. Uh, I'm sorry, like another button activates your character's shields. Uh, again, like it works pretty well, not perfect, but you get the hang of it. So uh, discotron certainly is very playable like in that format, uh, contrary to what you guys are talking about. I've never seen a discotron machine uh, like in the wild actually. I've, like seen a whole bunch of trons but never seen a discotron. You know I'd love to try the environmental uh, that they made of that game in regards to one of the games you guys are talking about this week uh, I'm very happy that you guys are talking I'm very happy that you guys are covering are covering Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles this was one of my favorite arcade games also and this is one of the ones I definitely have strong memories of playing a lot of when I was a kid uh, like in my peak time like in the arcade uh, during the late 80s or early 90s Konami was definitely at the peak of their powers uh, they were making one great game after another like both the arcade scene like and also the home industry so it's a real shame how, what happened to that company uh, after the uh, like guy recently releasing re- releasing their last uh, um console/computer game, Metal Gear Solid 5. They're completely abandoning that market and, and just focusing solely upon their casino and mobile operations, which is a shame because for a long time Konami was like my favorite companies. Anyway, I was also a big Turtles fan during this time period. So, being able to play that arcade game was just it was like pure bliss. They got so much right in uh, like in that like in both the comic, like also from the cartoon, just the just the you know, the voice samples and the graphics like were very good and just the enemies and the characters the characters that you were you know that you encountered the fine touches uh, like for example like using like a slightly slightly remixed version uh, um, of crane's music uh crane's music I mean sorry uh like from the cartoon like in the arcade game uh like was great. It certainly was a whole. It was a heck of a lot of fun to play. I, I really enjoyed playing this one, like both solo and also with four players. It was certainly the kind of game that you could very easily walk up to, drop in, uh, like in the middle of a game, and just have some fun to have, have some fun playing with others. And while it's a quarter muncher, I didn't find it to be a serious quarter muncher once you get once you get to be like, good at the game. It wasn't quite as grievous in that area as as some other games were. I remember distinctly going through the whole game, beginning to end, uh, on less than $5. So once I got good at it. I could not wait to play the home port of this. I got the NES ports for Christmas. This for Christmas the same year it came out. After I a whole bunch of begging, and that's a really good port. Also, they added two new stages to the version of the game that the arcade to, to, to the arcade game didn't have. But uh, the, the NES uh, which, to, which was limited to two players and was missing the voice samples, like a whatnot. Um, and the remixes of the music of the of music of the music like the music you know, like in the cartoon show was also great. That was in both both the arcade like the NES version. As much as I loved this game, uh, the sequel, Turtles in Time, was even better because they they took this formula and stepped it up a notch. Uh, That was a really great arcade game, also one I spent a whole bunch of time on, and also one I played the loving crap out of uh, like my Super NES, so because again they made some enhancements and changes to, to, to that version of the game, but I've already covered that game like on my own podcast. So anyway, uh, keep up all the great work, guys. I'm really envious. Like, I'm envious about how the classic arcade games in arcade that you have like in your area. Boston may be better than Chicago in a lot of ways, like better weather, better people, better sports, but you guys definitely have the better like arcade scene. So keep up all the great work and catch you guys later.
0: Okay, so uh, thank you for that, uh, soul-blazing Greg over there, Jimmy. Um, mean, what Greg. do you have to say about uh, the things that uh, Greg had to say?
1: It, it really, it really goes to uh, to I, I think um, a point that was brought up by uh, Chris Plus Plus when we near the beginning of uh, of the podcast when we decided that we were going to you know rate games like on a series that continues. Uh, everything, everybody's got their different tastes. Everybody's got their different opinions. And, um, what is true for me isn't true for somebody else. What might be right for you might not be right for some. Well, it does take different strokes to move the world. Um, mm. God, I had to think about that for a second. I was trying to remember what show that was. <laughs> and I'm a kid from the 80s, and I should remember that. Facts of Life! Oh, wait a minute. But, anyway, any rate, that's all about you. But, yeah, I mean, he liked it. Us, you know, not so much. But, I mean, we can get why other people, you know, like what it is they like. And, um... Play it all you want. I'll be playing uh, one of tonight's games while you're playing Ninja Turtles. So,
0: Ooh, I'm sorry to hear
1: that. Well, I don't know. <laughs>
0: well, it depends on which one it is. But yeah. what's interesting about, about what Soul Blazer had to say was that it kind of actually supports the No Swear Gamers theory that it might be a generational thing. Because I do believe that uh, Soul Blazer is a few years younger than me, and mm-hmm. many years younger than you, of course.
1: Well, that's not hard. That's what she said.
0: No, (laughs) (laughs) because if you remember, I remember he sent us some arcade feedback a while ago, and he was talking about how excited he was about Mortal Kombat. So Mm -hmm. I think that so that kind of tells me, yeah, he's probably younger than he he might be, just a hair outside of the Generation X range.
1: But I don't know if that's necessarily a a hard fast thing too, though. Because oh yeah, yeah, totally. uh, You listen to uh, different episodes of uh, Super Podcast Brothers. And um, and they talk about games from, I mean, and they're, uh, well, at least uh, Andy's younger than me. Well, I think they're both younger than me, but I think Andy's quite a bit younger than uh, than both of us. And, um, you know, they'll be talking about games from our era that they really, really like, that they play all the time. They were talking about, uh, like, Klax, I believe, Crystal Castles. And, uh, and then you're talking about how I got him <laughs> hooked on Gyrus. And um, there are some people out there to this day that may have been born 15 years ago that would prefer watching say metropolis or old charlie chaplin you know black and white things over uh say uh, the terminator franchise or uh, the x-men or whatever so i mean i won't say that generational you know the generational thing isn't a uh, a piece of the puzzle as it were but um it's not a hard fast rule well true i mean hey look
0: when was i born i was born in 1974 who am I what do I listen to? I listen to the Beatles. I listen to Brian Wilson. Mm-hmm. I listen to the Birds, The Doors, that kind of stuff. I don't listen to them. It's so it's not just video games. It's, I was born in
1: 68. I was born in 68. Monty Python's Flying Circus is one of my all-time favorite shows. I was well, real young you when that, that was on. I was one year old that show. you pretty much
0: anybody who is interested in any kind of gaming, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a hard fast rule. I mean, it's, it's, as it's I a said, does I think play a bit into it. Sure. But there's uh, there's there's uh, there's other things. I mean, if something is really good, people will find their way to it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, and by the way, there is something we, we absolutely need to address. That crack about Boston versus Chicago. Well, first of all, I do agree with him. Boston people are friendly. I've, I've been to Boston a couple of times, really loved it. Uh, except that everything closes at like 8 p.m. out there. You can't do anything after 8.
1: I remember the only so. time I ever been in that area was a family vacation. I was real young. I think it was 76. We went and hit all of the... Bicentennial sites out there. We we visited uh Plymouth Rock. We went out Cape Cod to Provincetown, but we never actually went into Boston. We actually just drove through it. Actually yeah, maybe. If just you're driving, around you
0: it. do not want to go in Boston.
1: Yeah, I think we actually that drove is, around it, but we didn't we didn't yeah. stop and actually visit. Boston the city. Boston we, is I not drivable. We did camp at Massasoit State Park in Massachusetts. But yeah, it's a
0: friendly place, but talking about how they have better sports teams. Um, excuse me. Uh, you know what my wife is doing as we're recording this? Uh, she's watching the Chicago Blackhawks in the playoffs. See, how are the Bruins doing in the play? Oh, Mm. that's right. They're not in the playoffs right now. How are the Boston Red Sox doing? Oh, nine and nine. Let's see. How are the Cubs doing? Like a million and two or something.
1: (laughs) We're like 14 and four. And we're like outscoring other teams by Numbers that I never knew even existed.
0: Yeah, and um, I do believe the the White Sox are doing just as well. They're just not getting as much press because they're not the lovable losers that the Cubs are. (laughs) You don't expect that to happen from the Cubs, so that's kind of why the Cubs are getting more press on that. I mean, yeah, one thing they do have is that the Celtics are, which, by the way, should be pronounced Celtics. Celtics, Uh But... They are in the playoffs right now. The Bulls, not. And that's okay. I don't really give a crap about the Bulls, and I haven't ever since 1998. So I just don't give a crap about, about
1: any sport other than baseball, and, and at that point, only about my Cubs. Although, yeah. I do have to say, I was extremely happy for Boston when the Red Sox uh, first won the World Series several years back.
0: Oh, so was, I, so was my dad. My dad's been a Yankees fan since the womb. Oh, Wow. Yeah, I asked my mom. I said, hey, Ma, how's Dad doing? Is he okay that the Yankees didn't get? She said, you know what? He's actually happy that the Red Sox won the World Series because he said, they, they, he said it's been so long, they really deserve it. Not many Yankees fans are going to say that about the Red Sox.
1: I wonder if, uh, if uh, how many Cardinals fans will say the same thing about the Cubs when we finally win the World Series.
0: <sighs> Let's not go there. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um,
0: so anyway, I just want to conclude my response to Greg by saying, so yeah.
1: What was it uh, that they say on Tosh.0? Oh, uh, nah, nah, boo-boo, stick your head in doo-doo. Nah, I don't mean it. He's a nice guy. He's just wrong on this.
0: Yeah, that's that's true. We, we can't fault <laughs> people for being incorrect, I guess. Um, anyway, I, I don't believe I have further addenda, further errata. What about you?
1: No, I think I am good on that. I, I'm still just kind of... You know, just, I, I keep thinking about how on Gradius you, you enter your... <laughs> Your your zodiac sign and like and that's just still like blowing my mind. How did we not catch that? It doesn't matter. We, we didn't never got, of us got ma- on the high score screen. It doesn't so matter. My- we should have caught that in our research. Us <laughs> <laughs> <Honest> research? <laughs> what me research? But the Wikipedia, I mean, <laughs> e. <Jimmy>. the
0: sources <laughs> that we that we uh, so diligently read did not mention anything about. This. Oh, you I've know not what? seen speaking, that? Speaking of programming notes, there's one thing I I want to warn everybody about. I just want to say this because you know, it's so nice having a podcast without corporate sponsors, because you can say stuff like this without people like threatening to pull their sponsorship or anything. Okay. Dream host sucks. Ah. It really sucks. So, um, dream host is what hosts pie dot com and the website and the, it, it has all the audio files that the podcast, that the, uh, uh, that, that fuel the podcast basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, right now shopping for a new provider. So, um, if you see that the website's down, it shouldn't be down for very long. Uh it's basically that I, that I will very soon be transferring that thing to a new provider. So just hang in there folks if there's any downtime. Angel Fire? GeoCities? I was thinking Fortune City. Hmm. GeoCities or- is now OO Cities.
1: How about uh 500 megabytes for free?
0: Oh, yeah, or 50megs.com. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll look into that. Or I could just host it on my Raspberry Pi.
1: That's actually not a bad idea. It's not,
0: it's not a bad idea, but, man, do you, you have enough storage space for that? Probably not. Although Western yeah.
1: Digital, as I was saying, makes those hard drives for them, so...
0: Yeah, which means I'm definitely not going to use those. I've been a freelance PC tech, certified PC tech, by the way, for years, and every time I've someone has ever brought me a dead hard drive, it was... Western always Western digital. digital always which is
1: weird because they used to be one of the better brands way back when the well, thing is i never had
0: a problem with them i i've never ever in my life had a hard drive go bad on me
1: i remember once we had a whole we had a problem with a whole bunch of i believe it was Seagate uh hard drives uh, coming through where i work and then at one point we had to double check the, all of the hard drives that we had coming through against a database on their website to see whether it was uh, was manufactured with a flaw or not? So that was that was always fun.
0: Oh, and speaking so. of sponsors, before we forget, we should thank our sponsors. Uh, thanks to uh, Scott Lambert, Rory Coleman, Andy Ryerson, Keith Sheehan, Richard Valdez, uh, Nate. Uh, what's Nate's last name again? Nate O. Oh. Nate. I forgot. I forgot too. Oh well. Um, uh, and we have a new we have a new sponsor from from uh, Patreon from oh. patreon.com slash Pie Factory Podcast. Did you and? notice? Michael D'Angelo, who's a who's yes, a,
1: who is a frequent, con- listener. well, frequent fr-
0: contributor, frequent. Yeah, there you go. So, thank you to all of you. Thanks so much. We really appreciate it. And, uh, this will help pay for all of your,
1: I hope all of the emails that you have sent us have sufficiently impressed Jody Foster. So, yes, yes, indeed. Yes, so with that let's, um, is that everything we got for today? for... Well, I gave you everything I got for a little peace of mind. That just sounded dirty to me for some reason. So I think with that, we'll move on to one of two games. I'll give you a choice. We can either talk about uh, Asteroids Deluxe, or we can talk about the game that I think neither of us like.
0: Well, you know what? Let's get that out of the way. Now, here's one thing I need to ask you. I'd like to Mm -hmm. ask you a favor. Okay. I know that usually, I'd say about 90% of the time, you actually do all the talking in terms of how to play the game and all that and Mm -hmm. the story about the game and all that I'd like to uh, respectfully request to cover that this time
1: Permission granted
0: Oh, thank you so much So, here is uh, my explanation of Super Zaxxon This game is bullshit Thank you. (laughs) Jimmy G, do you have anything to add to that?
1: Well, um, I got a little bit to add to that. Uh, There's not a whole lot I can say more, but uh, it plays exactly like Zaxxon in the sense that it's still the 3D isometric or what do they call it? Axion metric perspective. You still got a ship. You still fire things. And you still got stuff flying at you in the air. And you still got targets on the ground. And, oh, when we were talking about, uh, when I was on Antari Visions, we were talking about Zaxxon. I don't remember if it got in the show or if it was uh, something after the show. Uh, I brought up the fact that I had mentioned in the original Zaxxon how it's uh, kind of like a 3D version of Scramble and how would the game be different if you were allowed to have bombs. So, and they were like, oh, that would be a great game. So, homebrewers, snap to it. So yes, and you, then you've got different obstacles to go through and that sort of thing, but there are some changes between Super Zaxxon and the original Zaxxon. Oh, do tell! First of all, the one thing you absolutely have to give to Super Zaxxon is the graphics I think are a lot snazzier. This game is, I would, in my opinion, a definite graphical upgrade from the original, but I think that's about the only thing I could give the game. Uh, it keeps the same sound effects from the original, which is a plus. It replaces the space scene with a scene called Tunnel In, which I don't know if I like or hate that. I gotta admit, I actually do like that. I like the look of it. It's a very
0: attractive-looking thing, if you ask me.
1: I, I'm still on the on the fence about that, because instead of going flying through space, now you're in a tunnel. And when you're in the space scenes on the original Zaxxon, you can go all the way up and down, whereas in the tunnel, you can only move up and down a little bit. You are in a tunnel, after all. But... You can just be a little off trying to shoot things, and that kind of frustrates me to some end. And it's a lot, and I think the tunnel scene's a lot harder than the space scenes in Zaxxon. While it's hard to hit anything in Zaxxon in the space scene in Super Zaxxon, even though you're like kind of on the same le- level, it's I don't know. I there's there's just more there, and it's like coming at you. And I I don't know. I'm on on the fence on that one. And speaking of fences, as I said, the game is a lot freaking faster. So on the second asteroid where you have to, it's pretty much about navigation, you better know where you're going. Otherwise, you're just going to die real fast. And it swaps out the Zaxxon robot for a dragon, a freaking dragon that breathes a fireball at you. And you destroy the dragon the same way you do Zaxxon, the difference being that Zaxxon had a missile on his shoulder. You just destroy that while it's still you know, on his shoulder, and this one you destroy the fireball, the dragon's about to breathe on you while it's in his mouth. But how did Zaxxon change from a robot to a dragon between the two games?
0: That is Super Zaxxon.
1: Super Zaxxon is a dragon. Yes. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Really, that's all there is to the game. I mean, it's just a few changes to it, and as far as I'm concerned, they really totally crapped on the formula. And you were not a huge fan of the original Zaxxon in the first place, if I'm not mistaken.
0: You are uh, very not mistaken. I believe I rated it a, uh, oh, a uh, one continue. Oh, I take it back. I rated Zaxxon two continues. Two. Okay, two. so
1: you do have somewhere to go from there. Yay. Yay. I believe I rated Zaxxon a four.
0: Um, That is a, yes, you rated it four that continues. That is a correct
1: statement. Okay. Well, I think before we go on rating the game, though, I want to know... I was going to ask you your opinion on huh? it, but you pretty much already gave it to me. Yeah, well, well
0: when I want my opinion, I'll give it to you. Th- <laughs> this game made me angry.
1: It made me angry. Oh, one other thing I noticed. it Was it just me, or did the fuel gauge empty a lot faster than the original ZX? You know what? Honestly, I didn't really notice
0: the, uh, a difference in there. There might have been. I really don't. I didn't pay okay. attention to that Anyway, very much. Continue. That's okay, because like, to go down and shoot the fuel tanks means that you're pretty much going to die.
1: Yeah, especially on that second asteroid.
0: Oh man, but this uh, this game made me so angry. Oh uh, just talking about it makes me angry. First of all, the problems that I had with the original Zaxon, well, they're even worse on this game. They're two
1: they, eleven in this game.
0: Yeah, you can it's bad enough that you can't tell how the hell high up you are and whether you're properly aligned with uh, with the enemies and everything, but you're going too fast.
1: You're going too freaking fast. That is the big... I, if this game was slowed down, I would probably like this game a lot more. And I'm not saying slowing it down to the original Zaxxon levels, but maybe somewhere between the speed of this one and the speed of the original. I, I just can't... And, and let's, let's be per- perfectly honest. With the changes that they made to it, as I said, the graphics are a huge upgrade. I really like the graphics on this game. But The graphics are fine. The rest of it, they really didn't do a whole lot with the the game formula to make it something really different. I mean, they didn't they didn't add uh, uh, little new things like maybe being able to bomb the targets. I bet this would be a better game if they actually had a bomb in it, kind of like Scramble did, or Gradius did, uh, because it then would you wouldn't helped. really have to dive down so low to get the uh, to get the fuel tanks. And I think that would make this game a little bit better. Why not have it scroll? I mean, you get to a certain point in the game and then maybe have the perspective change so then you're scrolling in a different diagonal direction or mm. something. You know, do, it, do something a little more with the formula. And, and to be perfectly honest, the next game we're going to talk about, I don't think really is much better in that regard, but I think it does it better. I, I don't think they add that much adds just as much as Super Zaxxon does, but I think the formula works better in the next game we're going to talk about, but we'll get to that one in a moment. They they really didn't do much to improve on Zaxxon other than beef up the graphics, add a different boss, and speed it up. I don't yeah, know.
0: That was pretty much it, but again, I mean, I do like... the, the reason. I think the reason I like the tunnel is because it's different. It's not the usual thing you'd expect. Yeah,
1: it's, it's different, but I find it maybe more frustrating than the space scene. And one thing I didn't realize about the original Zaxxon, and I got to go back and, uh, and try this out. In the original Zaxxon, in the space scene, there's a, at one point there's like a satellite that comes across. According to things I've read, that's actually a fuel tank. And it will put more fuel in your, uh, in your ship. I don't know if there's anything like that in the tunnel sequence. So yeah, I don't think there's anything, uh, I don't think there's any way to get more fuel in the tunnel sequence in Super Zaxxon, unlike what there is in the space scene in the original Zaxxon. I got to go back and check that because, like I said, bingo, it's been very, very rare when I can shoot that satellite, but I found out that if you just go a little bit down from the top, you can actually shoot that satellite in Zaxxon. So.
0: I found this game pretty unplayable, seriously. Yeah, it was, it, it was it, it's just impossible. It's just impossible. I, I, I will say this, I did manage to get to the second asteroid, which I never was able to do on regular Zaxxon. But um, that's pretty much it. Get to the second asteroid and I'm dead right away. You you can't
1: get through the gates. At least in the original Zaxxon, you had a fighting chance because it moved at a decent pace. Yeah. You know what? That's what they should have done with this one. And I've talked about this before. Put a speed control, a separate lever or a pedal or something to allow you you to go go faster or slower. That would have been a nice, a welcome change with this one. Sure. And maybe if you go slower, your fuel doesn't go out as fast, but when you go faster, it does. So you got a a trade-off, a little bit more of a strategic element. That's what they should have done with this thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And a bombing button. (laughs) The thing is, I wanted to see the dragon. I wanted to see
0: the dragon, and I looked in the dip switch settings, and I didn't know this, but in both Zaxxon and Super Zaxxon, you can set the number of lives to Unlimited, Oh really? You can have yeah. It's they call it free play. Okay. You set it to free play and you have unlimited lives. So I was able to do that. It still took me for freaking ever to get to the dragon because I kept dying and they keep dropping you off in the same freaking place.
1: Yeah, I had to turn on the, the invincibility cheat and maim to get to the dragon. I know I've seen them before, but I think again I was cheating, and it's it's if. And the sad thing is, people have mastered this game. I, I don't know how you do it. I, I really don't know. I don't know either. But I don't know. Is it just me, or is that dragon too easy to kill, or not even? I kill had some did- trouble with that. I think one criticism I've seen in the past about the dragon is he's too cute to kill. Oh,
0: we got to get back
1: to that, by the way. Yes, I I, I wanted a better boss because it was basically the same boss with a different skin.
0: Yeah, and the dragon doesn't even die. The dragon just backs away. Are you sure about that? I thought he did die. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. He just, what happened when I shot the I shot the dragon? You know, I kept firing, firing, firing. He backed away, and then a different dragon came out. Oh, that's color. what it
1: was. Yes, because I think you have to fight that dragon a dragon like five times or something. It's or like maybe really? not five times, it's, but yeah, I you didn't even fight kill him him a the damn times. thing.
0: You just wa- He's like, you know what? Screw this. I'm getting out of here. That's <laughs> how I feel about this game. By the way, Screw I, I you guys, the, I'm going him. I defeated the dragons, <laughs> got on to the next round, and I was like, okay. you know what?
1: I want Forget someone to it. do a hack of this game and replace the dragon with a huge Eric Cartman.
0: Jimmy G, at the risk of traipsing onto your hosting duties, do you remember when you first played or saw this game?
1: Aladdin's Castle, Louis Joliet Mall.
0: Wow. Hmm. Yes. I can remember when this game came out because Super Pac-Man had just come out in October 1982. Super Zaxxon came out in November 1982. And, you know, the big Pac-Man fan I was, I was all into Super Pac-Man. The Kroger had it and everything. And some of the kids at school were like, hey, have you seen Super Zaxxon? And I thought they were making it up just to make fun of me. Because I was like, what do you mean Super Zaxxon? What is it, What is it? an airplane with a cape on it or something? <laughs> sure enough, it's it was a real game. I watched my brother play. I think I watched my brother play it. It was either at the, the Venture in Matson by the uh, Lincoln Mall or actually at Lincoln Mall at uh, Bally's Ladin's Castle. But I, I remember seeing it in... Uh, I was a little bit too ignorant back then. I looked at it and I was like, "Yeah, it's basically Zaxxon, isn't it?"
1: One thing I found out with this, and I'm wondering in retrospect if they actually did have the Zaxxon at the uh, the Aladdin's Castle. I want to think now they did, but Super Zaxxon, along with Congo Bongo and another game, Future Spy, were all conversion kits for the original Zaxxon. Really. So I don't know, I was having a lot of problems trying to find out information on number of cabinets made and stuff like that for, uh, for Super Zaxxon. But, uh, so I'm wondering if that uh, may have been like why you didn't, really, you didn't see this as much as the original Zaxxon or that sort of thing. You never really saw conversion kits as much as the, the original games, but, uh, but why was I bringing that up? Oh yeah, because I th- want to think now, thinking about it, that the Super Zaxxon is where Zaxxon used to be at the old Aladdin's Castle. So, you know, I'm just, I was just curious about that, but yeah, it's, you know, let's do this. Um, we've, we've made reference a few times to Joystick Magazine on the show, and there was a really, really awesome letter to the editor about uh, Super Zaxxon. Shall we uh, read the article about Super Zaxxon and then the letter in response? Um,
0: yes. Would you like to read the article or would you like me to do that?
1: Uh, why don't you read the article and I'll read the letter okay. and then, then uh, the response. Okay, so this comes
0: from the April 1983 edition of Joystick, J-O-Y-S-T-I-K. We'll put this in the show notes, of course. The article is called Future Waves AMOA Expo 82. That's the Amusement and Music Operators Association. It was a trade show they had. Uh, It's talking about what stood out in the trade show and everything. Um, They're raving about the trade show. It happened at the Hyatt Regency in Chicago, and they loved the show. I'm not going to get into all the details. Let's just go straight into the uh, the part of the article that talks about Super Zaxxon. And uh, every game they talk about has a title given to it. Like, for example, Time Pilot is called Miss Chronology. Because remember, this is kind of a beauty pageant. Sinistar um, is misconstrued. <laughs> I see what they did there. Oh, and ba- for Baby Pac-Man, they called it Misconception. <laughs> see what they did there? I see what they did there. <laughs> but for uh, Super Zaxxon, they called it Miss Facelift. <clears throat> and here's what oh. they had to say about it. Super Zaxxon will appeal to fans of the original Zaxxon because it is virtually the same game with a few alterations. The graphics of the new game are only superficially better than the original. You fly along a blue animated city, dodging walls and shooting enemies, now, however, the rockets are hidden, and the turret guns fire at you from rotating bases. Oh, I forgot about that. There are also extra enemies to contend with, flying mine layers, and self-destructing robot spacecraft. The climax of Super's Axon is also very familiar, but instead of facing a rocket-shooting robot, you now battle a fire-breathing dragon. Like his mechanical ancestor, six shots, in the mouth we'll do him in. That's what she said. Although Super Zaxxon is every bit as good as or better than the... Oh, my God. Sorry. (laughs) I can't read this. I can't.
1: (laughs) You're almost done. You're almost there. We can get through it together. Come on. We can do it. We can do it. Although Super
0: Zaxxon is every bit as good as or better than the original Zaxxon... Four more lines. ...it's still disappointing because it is merely an altered version of the original
1: there you go. You did it. Now, shall we read? I want read? a cookie. <laughs> and a cookie you deserve. Here is the response to that article. <clears throat> it's a, this it's is from the, the letters, September
0: 1983.
1: The September 83 issue, Super Zaxxon. In your April 1983 issue, the rating which you gave to Super Zaxxon was quite poor. In fact, you even said that it was rather disappointing. Well, I totally agree with you. As a dedicated Zaxxon player, high score 834,050, I was looking forward to playing Super Zaxxon. When I found out that it was at a game room nearby, I immediately went to play it. Here's my personal review. 1. It stinks! Please tell me you were doing the OK sign. Oh, I was. (laughs) 2. The dragon is too cute. Is this supposed to be a frightening fire-breathing dragon? They've got to be kidding. You feel sad after killing it. It was so adorable. Good grief. Give me a break. 3. It is too fast. That's stupid. In the original game, it was possible to destroy every object within the castle. I have done it. But in Super on the radar disks and many other targets are just impossible to shoot. There is no way. And actually, I never even thought about that. This is uh, Jim talking, breaking from the letter. That's actually a very good criticism. I hadn't even thought about that one. But Anyway, number 4. The tunnel-in section is very dull and unoriginal. What was wrong with the original space section? Nothing. It was exciting and challenging. Robert Lay, Lay Lee. It's an L and an E. Houston, Texas. <clears throat> and here is what the editor responded: <clears throat> Your opinions, particularly your last two observations, are shared by many Zaxxon players. We feel speed and the tunnel section are the main reasons that Super Zaxxon has not been a hit in the arcades. The dragon's cuteness, however, probably doesn't bother players already accustomed to attacking cute characters in games like Pango, Dig Dug, and Q*bert. And none of the Super Zaxxon machines we've tested have had any noticeable odor at all. Hey, I like your,
0: uh, your your joystick React voice there. Was that a Skokie accent?
1: Well, I don't know what it was, but it seemed appropriate for the situation. Hmm. It sounds like a Skokie accent. I wouldn't even know what that one sounded like, but I like it. And good night. Page two. There we go. Super Zaxxon. And uh, I think Robert hit it on the head with number three. Now, as I said, I didn't really even think about the possibility to destroy objects within the uh, on the asteroids. And totally, I don't believe I mentioned this in the Zaxxon episode, but if you destroy all of the... Supposedly, if you destroy all the radar's uh, dishes on an asteroid, it will prevent the Zaxxon missile, uh, when you fly high up, from actually coming out. And I have not been able to eat actually... Ever find a way to do that with Super Zaxon because they're just placed in places where it just seems like that you just can't can't get to it. So, but yeah, there's yeah, um, I, I think his letter pretty much summed up our opinion on it.
0: I don't know. I didn't think the dragon was all that cute. I mean, to me, it looks like one he of those kind of cute. It, it looks like a Chinese New Year dragon.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. I mean, it's no Figar, but uh, it was it was eh. cute. But um, so that is pretty much. I don't know. What really more can we say about Super Zaxxon? It's just one of my... I know we both gave pretty low scores to... uh, I believe we both gave a 1 to uh, Revolution X. But um, this game... I feel this game is more of a disappointment than Revolution X was because I really liked Zaxxon. And this game is just... As I said, with the exception of the graphics is a real, real huge step down from the original. You didn't really like the original Zaxxon so much, and I think you would actually even agree it was a huge step down from the original.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, actually, you gave Revolution X two continues. But the thing is, at least with Revolution X, I mean, even though I only gave it one continue, there is part of me that says, you know what, this is exactly what I should have expected. Mm -hmm. For a game like Super Zaxxon, you hit the nail right on the head there. Yeah. And something that I did was I figured, well, okay... Now that I've played Super Zaxxon a few times, I I can make it to the second asteroid without the uh, infinite lives enabled. I know what to expect and everything. Let me see if I'm any better at the original Zaxxon. Mm -hmm. Final result? Hell no.
1: You know, um, I was talking about how Super Zaxxon was a conversion kit for the original Zaxxon, and I brought up the other games, Congo Bongo, which we need to talk about. And uh, what was the other one? Future Spy which, obviously, Future Spy didn't get wide release. I want you to play Future Spy. I've played it a few times over the years. I want you to play that. It's, uh, it's again, isometric perspective, like Zaxxon, Super Zaxxon, the Congo Bongo. And it's similar gameplay to Zaxxon, except you're flying a helicopter. It is, to Zaxxon, what Super Cobra was to scramble, basically. Well, try um, it out. But uh, I, I kind of want your opinion on that, even though I don't think it's a game that's really in the back of our minds to talk about at least any time in the near future. But I I, I kind of want your opinion on that one. Hmm, so it's okay. future spy, future spy. So
0: future spy.
1: With that, do you have anything more to add on this uh, other than, say, perhaps scores?
0: Yeah, let's see. Um, score-ing, for example. If you shoot a gun emplacement, be it green or gray, you get either 200 points or 500 points. And it seems to be random. Fuel tank, you get 500 points. Radar tower, you get 1,000 points. Ground to air missile, you get 300 points. Air to air missile, you get 200 points. Fighters in the air, you get 200 points. And if it's after level one, you get 50 points per level. Fighters on the runway is 100 points with no extra per level bonus. Mine layer, 200 points plus 50 points per level after level one. Mines are 200 points plus 50 points per level after level one. And thankfully, that's the last time I have to say that phrase. If you destroy Super Zaxxon with the missile in the mouth, the missile's still in the mouth, you get 2,000 points. If you destroy Super Zaxxon the Dragon after the missile has been launched, that's 500 points. And if you destroy all the planes in the tunnel, you get a 2,000 point bonus. As for high scores... Yes? This was actually easy to do because both Orcade.com and Twin Galaxies agree on this. Donald Hayes... Scored 622,000 on February 20th, 2005 Hmm. at Fun Spot. And something else that's kind of a testament. We were talking about how many cabinets were made. And speaking of Arcade.com, this morning, there were only four locations listed on Arcade.com versus about 40-some for Zaxxon. Now it lists five. You know why? Hmm. Because Galloping Ghost just added it to the floor for the Sega Tournament. Oh, no way. Which happened starting the day we're recording this. I hope we can hurry up and get this out before the tournament ends, which I believe is Saturday night.
1: Now, what was the Twin Galaxies high score again?
0: Both Twin Galaxies and Arcade list 622,000.
1: This guy in the letter and Joystick said he got 834,050. That's for regular Zaxxon. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I missed that. You're correct. Still.
0: This... <laughs> I'm surprised anybody could get more than say nine thousand in this damn game.
1: They have to have memorized the. That's the y- only You day. could probably do good on the first asteroid, but it's the second well one with all of the gates. You have to remember the where on the screen that the the holes in the wall are positioned beneath the uh, beneath the barriers. There's just no way you could get get this because you just don't have time to react. What made him want to play the game long enough
0: to be able to memorize that stuff?
1: Your guess is as good as mine. I like the original Zaxxon, don't like this one. I, I think I'm just going to give it right away. I've already pretty much tipped my hands at the preview for this episode. I give it one continue. See, I don't like the original Zaxxon
0: in the first place, but at least I gave—I think I gave that. A t- but at least I gave that one a two. This is getting one continue from me.
1: As I said, the only thing this game has over the original is, I think, the graphics are a step up. Other than that, there's really nothing here.
0: Quite frankly, I don't find them to be a major step up, just a little step up. But hey, that's I did, I did just thought
1: this. it was kind of cute when you were going over the first wall of the asteroid. Instead of it looking, you know, it had like a little shield on there with a big Z on it. So you knew that that was Zaxxon's fortress. I kind of like that touch. But other than that, yep. Yeah. And that's all I have to say about that. So, what say we move on? We move on. Rollin', rollin', rollin'. let's roll on to Asteroids Deluxe. Yes. Ah. Mm. Uh. Asteroids Deluxe. Asteroids Deluxe. Yes, Asteroids Deluxe. It's similar gameplay The uh, to the original Asteroids. See, this is the Deluxe version. You see, it's like when you go get a pizza, and you just get maybe sausage or pepperoni on it, but if you get a deluxe pizza, it's got the mushrooms and the onions and the green pepper, which I don't oh, like any of those yuck. on pizza, but that's generally what a deluxe pizza is. Let's be honest. But uh, in this case, I think the deluxe is a good thing. The original Asteroids, you had five buttons on the console, rotate left, rotate right, uh, fire, thrust, and you had a hyperspace button. And the object was to shoot all of the Asteroids, And destroy them all They start out with bigger ones You shoot it, it divides into two uh, Smaller ones And they shoot them again They divide into smaller ones yet Shoot them again and they disappear Every now and then A UFO or a satellite would come out Try shooting at you And um, there you go That's Asteroids Uh, Classic game Uh, It's a a favorite Uh, I really like it But this game adds a few more twists To the Asteroids uh, legacy, if you will First of all, it got rid of the hyperspace button and replaced it with a shield. When you hit it, there's a shield that comes around your ship. And every time you use it, it takes a little more energy off. And if you notice, the line, which looks like the shield on your ship, gets dimmer and dimmer until you can't see it anymore. At that point, you're out of shield. And I believe the only way you can regenerate it is to lose a life. Yes, to get it back. Um, And it it actually makes you bounce off the asteroids. It doesn't actually make the asteroids, doesn't let you pass through the asteroids. You bounce off of it. So, again, it's probably not that helpful. In fact, I don't really use it. Like, I don't really use the hyperspace in the original asteroids.
0: I can never hit it on time anyway.
1: Right. The second change to the game is your spaceship is no longer a thin triangle. Uh, A strategy that was used in the original asteroids to rack up high scores was to turn your ship to face toward an asteroid that was coming toward you because of the, the angle of your ship, how it's like a triangle, because of physics, in the words of Tom Servo, uh, asteroids would just, you would just barely miss getting hit by them if you would face toward them in certain circumstances. Well, they made the base of your ship a little wider so that tr- that trick isn't as, you can still do it, but it's not, oh, yeah. as, it's not as effective as it used to be.
0: I have a theory that you can only do that with vector graphics. I don't think you could do that with raster graphics. I have a feeling that if it were a raster graphic, basically that entire square region would yeah. They have be- um,
1: uh, what do they call it? A uh, a collision box, I think it's called, uh, in programming terms, where it's defined um, where to, to check for collisions on different objects. Yeah, and I yeah, I think you're correct on that. I think you can only really do this. Vector graphics are a lot more precise in the uh, collision detection, for the most part, really is, too. Yeah, they're um, all drawn by mathematics. It's because of math. And I think the the, um, the third... There are really only three changes to the asteroid's formula to make it... Asteroids Deluxe, a different game. And the third one, and which is really my favorite change, is after most of the asteroids are gone, a hexagon will come onto the screen. And you shoot the hexagon once, and it divides up into three diamond ships, and then you shoot each diamond ship, and it divides into two triangle ships, which actually look like your ship from the original Asteroids, and those things come right toward you, and the main reason I think they did that is because the number one strategy in Asteroids, the original, was just to stay in the middle without hitting the thrust button, and that just makes, you can can do a lot with that. I mean, you you still have to, from time to time, thrust out of the middle, but by having this element in, you can't just hang out in the middle of the screen. I think there was a few more enhancements as far as the way that the uh, the UFOs and the satellites shoot, but I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but those were the three major changes. And quite frankly, I think the addition of that hexagon thing, in my opinion, makes Asteroids Deluxe a much, much more fun game than the original Asteroids. Uh, I will say this, there is one thing that irks me about Asteroids Deluxe, and I can't really say that it. I've seen that. Well, I know I've played it, Played the arcade version of it. Uh, I just couldn't tell you where. But the, the one thing I think that kind of turns me off is unlike the original Asteroids, where it was like the monitor was just right there, Asteroids Deluxe is kind of one of those reflecting games, and it's got like a, a graphic of like an asteroid field. And with the color of the screen, I think it's, it makes it a little hard to see some of these the action going on the screen from time to time but I really like this game. I like this a lot more than Asteroids. In fact, I think I'd like each Asteroids update a little bit better than the previous update. Uh, including I believe,
0: Blastroids,
1: including Blasteroids. Blastroids. I think I actually kind of like that one. Well, maybe not. Maybe I don't like that one a little bit better, but I do really like it. Um, it's, that is a that is a fun game, but we can talk about that in the future. But uh, that's pretty much all I have to say about Asteroids Deluxe. I mean, I, the, the vectors I believe are a different color than asteroids. I think asteroids were white. I think the vectors on this one are blue. Or are they blue or green? I they're all I, like kind of a bluish turquoiseish. Yeah, they're they're definitely not white like the uh, like the no. original asteroids.
0: But uh, they actually are white, but there's an overlay that makes it. Oh, is that what it, it is? Okay. Yeah.
1: So, what do you have to say about Asteroids Deluxe?
0: It is my favorite of the asteroids games.
1: Okay, so we both like this one.
0: Yeah, and And I rated Asteroids 4 Continues out mm -hmm. of 5. I'm rating Asteroids Deluxe 4 Continues out of 5. But wait a minute. Didn't I just say it's my favorite of the Asteroids games?
1: Yes, you did. So why are you rating it a 4?
0: I would play this game in the arcade, and it'd be so bloody dim. Mm. The way the uh, arcade cabinet is, there's actually, like, space, like, empty space... Right where the marquee is, right behind the marquee, I would Mm -hmm. actually have to stick my head there so I could get a better view of the screen. Mind you, this is as an adult. When this game, I never played this game when it was first out. I played it as an adult, as a grown-up. I shouldn't say adult. Many people doubt my adultivity. But uh, Boom chicka What is going on with that is I can barely see the thing. I thought maybe it was just, you know, faulty monitor. Mm Mm-hmm. But when I played it in Mame, same problem. I got to kick the brightness on my computer, on my monitor, all the way up to be able to see the damn thing.
1: Yeah, as I was saying, the asteroid over um, asteroid field mirror reflection screen thingy, whatever, just doesn't do this game any. It it, it, it that actually detracts from the game.
0: Yeah, especially because this came out in what 1981 I believe. It was it, it uh,
1: wasn't that long after the original Asteroids, I do yeah, know the that. The
0: copyright date at the bottom of the screen says 1980, but it but this came out in either March or May of 1981 depending on what source you want to believe. Mm-hmm. By that time overlays were so passé.
1: Yeah, that was that's an old thing they used to do and I I really don't know why they did that. In a lot of uh a lot of the old arcade games, I remember Space Invaders did that. And there there were quite a few other games, but I I Unless that was an easier way to do overlays, but why can't couldn't you just slap a label over the monitor if you wanted to do that? I don't know.
0: I don't know. By the way, those hexagon things, mm-hmm. I know there's a certain thing you do that actually triggers those things coming out.
1: Yeah? Now,
0: there's one way that I figured out triggers them, is if you completely destroy one asteroid after the level starts, if you completely destroy it without damaging any other asteroid, you... Destroy a big one, and then you destroy all the medium and little ones that form after it, and all the other asteroids are left untouched, a hexagon comes out. So, are you sure about that? Because, yes,
1: I try it because I every well, you know what, though, I think there's something between the different ROM versions. I was reading that there was one earlier, the the earliest ROM version for uh, for Asteroids Deluxe is actually a harder version than uh, some of the others. Um, That's right. And there's one where I couldn't get the, uh, the hexagon to come out for the life of me. But then there are other ones where it always came out with just a couple of the, uh, of the smaller asteroids on the screen. Check your
0: dip switch settings. Cause, um, the, and the dip switches, you can actually disable the hexagons in the first level.
1: Really? Because I was yeah. I played through two levels and I didn't see the, uh, huh. the hexagon
0: what I described doesn't happen all that much. Remember, you have to make sure that only one asteroid is completely destroyed without any other ones being touched. Mm-hmm. What usually happens is in that process, a flying saucer comes out and starts firing and destroys other things, which kind of breaks that chain. Hmm. But I do know there's a certain action that triggers the hexagons. It is usually like a half a second delay, mm-hmm. but that's just something I observed. And the thing about this is, this was a hard game to research, because there's not much out there about it. Well, I couldn't see if there was any definitive way to always trigger the uh, the Hexagon. That is definitely
1: something I would have to look into. But, as you were saying, getting solid information, really, about either of these games, uh, Super Zaxxon or this one, was... Not the easiest uh, in the world. In fact, the uh, bit of information I have here about it, which I will reveal at the end of the show, was hard to come by, and I couldn't even find the same information on Super Zaxxon.
0: So, oh, by the way, did you talk about the the home versions of Super Zaxxon?
1: There is only one that I am aware of, and that was, I believe, on the Atari... Well, I know there's one on the Atari 8-bit computers, and that's even less playable than the arcade, uh, oh, really? arcade game uh, Super Zaxxon, now that I think about it. There's also one for the Commodore 64. It was probably the same uh, the same deal. Oh, I don't, very, I, I, yeah, because Atari Soft did a lot of
0: Commodore 64 titles.
1: The Super Zaxxon wasn't uh, wasn't uh, wasn't Atari Soft. It was Data I believe.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I'm probably wrong on that, but hmm. but, um, but yeah, there was. But at any um, rate, that, was that was Super Zaxxon. Asteroids yeah. Deluxe, however, was not ported to anything in the classic era. Which why why should they? But the Atari 2600 version of Asteroids did have one selection where you uh, didn't have the hyperspace, but you could use, uh, could enable shields like Asteroids Deluxe. It didn't have any of the other features uh, like the hexagon or anything, but at least you had one where you could use the shields. The shields actually behaved differently, but, um, you know, it was there. But our friend Bob DiCrescenzo, didn't he do an Asteroids Deluxe port? I am holding it
0: in my right hand right now, actually. It's the most recent homebrew I've
1: acquired. And if our cameras were enabled, that would mean something.
0: Oh, well. And uh, <laughs> I can comment on, I can. I, I have a few things I want to say about the uh, 7800 Asteroids Deluxe. I
1: was going to say, tell us, tell us about that, because I've not played that one.
0: Sure. From what I can tell, I didn't actually do any research on this. I still bought it because it's, you know, Homebrews. Uh-huh. I believe that it's nothing more than a hack of the 7800 Asteroids. It probably it was. plays just like it. Uh, some of the game mechanics are the same. and. Quite frankly, this is not one of the better Bob DeCrescenzo titles. It really isn't. It Basically, it seems like what he did was he took the uh, 7,800 asteroids, took the color away from them, made them look like they're vector graphics and everything, mm-hmm. which you p- pretty much would expect. And it seems that he added elements of the arcade deluxe asteroids, but not the actual mechanics. Hmm. Like, there are no obvious triggers going on, and it seems to be much easier than it should be. I still had fun playing it, don't get me wrong, and I don't Mm -hmm. regret spending the money on it.
1: Uh, Hey, a bad Bob DiCrescenzo game is still a good Bob DiCrescenzo game. I wouldn't even call
0: this a bad Bob DiCrescenzo game, just not one of his best. But something else that I, I noticed... I was looking up when Galaxies. Mm -hmm. There actually is a track for the Atari 7800 Asteroids Deluxe, and there is a world record on file for there that was listed as being verified in 2001. Uh, Little problem. Hmm. Asteroids Deluxe for the 7800 didn't come out until 2007. Uh Uh-oh. So I'm wondering if I could submit a video, because I can't get, I think uh, the the current record holder uh, has like, a hundred and some thousand of this I, I can't get anywhere higher than about twenty eight thousand. but still i'm wondering hmm, if i submit this and i get and i call shenanigans <laughs> do i do i really want to do that though i don't know
1: <laughs> yeah let me call shenanigans nah you don't need to do that
0: yeah i don't want to i don't want to be that guy but um
1: have you played this in Mame or in the arcade and do you remember what your score on that was well, on, in the arcade,
0: uh, my highest score that I've recorded for the arcade version was 23,090 on January 24th, 2015 wow. at That's better than me. Retrocade. In MAME, in the past couple of weeks, I've been able to get slightly better. Like I've gotten about 25,000, but I cannot get to 30,000 because I'm not quite sure if you get an extra life at 30,000 because the dip switch settings, when you choose the number of lives... It's really weird because it says two through four. The default is set for two through four, Mm -hmm. which kind of tells me, okay, um, does this mean you're only allowed up to four lives, period? And what's weird is that both the the Underground Retrocades version of the game, I shouldn't say version, they have the actual cabinet, but the way their cabinet is and the way that the default settings in MAME are, Mm -hmm. you get two lives. Two. Hmm. And a a bonus at 10,000 and 20,000. I haven't gotten beyond that to... uh, be able to say anything further than that but uh so i i don't know what's going on there but uh
1: i have to say i was playing it on mame and the highest i got was like seventeen thousand three hundred. but i was using my uh my genesis arcade joystick through the vision adapter and uh, i had the rapid fire turned on and uh uh I don't know though if that necessarily really makes a difference no. in a game like well, this. Well, it
0: doesn't make a good difference. You want to? I found that a really good strategy, although it is a very difficult strategy to hold on to, is to be conservative with your firing because you're allowed, I think, four shots on the screen at one time, mm-hmm. and you'd be surprised at how quickly you use up those four shots. Well,
1: one thing I like about the uh, the Genesis arcade stick, I mean, they have it had. It has the three original Genesis buttons, and it has an independent rapid-fire button for each one, but it's also got a rapid-fire rate slide uh, pot on it where you can actually set the rate of the rapid-fire. So I got that set. I think I had that all the way to slow, and it was I was able to actually use my four shots wisely, as it were. So I don't know.
0: Personally, I think a keyboard is the best thing to use for, well, Asteroids, Asteroids, Deluxe, and Space Duel. Well, Maine, I mean, because, it replicates
1: hey, the, the the button control of the arcade. Exactly. In fact, it, I don't remember if we talked about it on the Asteroids one, but way back in the the twenty six hundred era, one company came out with a controller. It was about the same size as an NES controller. It had five buttons on it, and they were set up like uh, the control panel on it, the arcade Asteroids. Wow. And and they were you had your left and right buttons. Then you had your button for whatever you would for hyperspace, and one for thrust, and one for fire. Huh. And I, I'd really love to find one of these things, because that just looked cool. So I, I, I'd love to try that out.
0: Oh, man, that thing would work so awesomely on the Activision Decathlon.
1: Well, but then again, you could get a, uh, an Atari track and field controller for that, too, though.
0: Or a Vectrex controller.
1: Or a Vectrex, yeah.
0: Well, the Vectrex controller would only help you out on the running games because you need a fire button for like, well, actually, I think the, the Atari, sorry to get off topic, folks, but I think the Activision Decathlon, you can use a joystick in either controller, if I remember correctly. So you could still have the Vectrex controller in one port and another controller with a fire button in the other port and use both of them.
1: I'd have to check that out. I was never a huge fan of sports games like that, but we could talk about that. Dragon Field is definitely a game we need to talk about.
0: Oh, sure, sure. Uh, at
1: some point down the road. But um, with that, do you remember the first place you ever played Asteroids Deluxe?
0: Yes, it was Underground Retrocade.
1: Ah. Well, <laughs>
0: because I never I played this game. I vaguely remember.
1: A- uh, it was at some restaurant in Woodridge, Illinois. And I couldn't tell you what restaurant it was. I had seen the machine a lot before that time, but I just never played it because I was burned out on asteroids. But we were there. I had a quarter. And I'm like, ah, what the heck? I played it, and I really, really enjoyed it, and I've liked it better than the original asteroids ever since. I remember it being out. I just never played it. I don't remember yeah. if I ever saw it. Back well, in the I, th- third, I think or that's what? why this game this game wasn't as successful because people were just burned out on asteroids. Could be, and they just oh, more asteroids. I mean, it, it, it wasn't a huge graphical upgrade. There were the, the upgrades to the game were not astounding upgrades at all.
0: It's more like, okay, if you wanted the game to last longer, this is what the original Asteroids should have been.
1: Yeah. I don't know if I would agree with that, but I do see the point that you're making on that, though. I think if more people would have actually given it a shot, it would have been a more popular game than it really was. One piece of information that I found about this that I couldn't find out about uh, Super Zaxxon were the number of cabinets that were manufactured. Now, the original Asteroids had 70,000 cabinets. No surprise. Asteroids Deluxe had still a large number, 22,300, but that is nowhere near the 70,000 the original Asteroids had. And I don't think this was a conversion kit like Super Zaxxon was. I think Super Zaxxon was both a conversion kit and a standalone, but this was definitely not a conversion kit because I don't think Atari had vector conversion kits until uh, Star Wars came along.
0: It's interesting because it doesn't look like there would be any effort to making a conversion kit.
1: But now that I think about it, it couldn't be a conversion kit because the way that the monitors were oriented differently in the original Asteroids and the Asteroids Deluxe, that would be a huge, hard. when I say hardware upgrade, I'm talking like literal go to Ace Hardware, get some screws and wood type upgrade, you know, because you have to tilt the monitor back, and yeah, I don't think there ever was a, a conversion kit for this, again, If we're wrong, email us, let us know. We enjoy being corrected.
0: podcast at Fab4IT.com or PyFactory at Fab4IT.com. Either one. Going back to how Asteroids Deluxe wasn't really a big smashing success. Our friend Duke, whom we've mentioned before, and he's a major Centipede fan. Mm -hmm. And he had told me that Millipede's original title was, uh, I I don't remember if he said Deluxe Centipede or Centipede Deluxe. But the reason they changed it was because there was this uh, almost believed, well, for lack of a better term, this deluxe curse, because you had Space Invaders Deluxe, it didn't really do that well, and you had Asteroids Deluxe, it didn't really do all that well. So they were like, you know what, let's avoid Deluxe altogether, give it a completely different name. I don't know if that's, I don't know how... uh,
1: I don't buy that because... If you look at the upgrades Asteroid Deluxe was to Asteroids and uh, Space Invaders Deluxe was to Space Invaders, the upgrades were not that... There were not a lot of upgrades. Oh, especially Space Centipede, Invaders. Especially. Centipede to Millipede had a lot of upgrades.
0: Well, that might have been the whole point, though, because they're saying, well, people was more think there was than a, a lot... D- it
1: was more than a... D- maybe it's the fact that the, the word Deluxe became known as... Just kind of a minor tweak. Exactly. But I don't know if I buy that so much. Uh, I, I think I think people were just tired of Space Invaders and Asteroids by the time the Deluxe editions came out. That's kind of my theory on that. Now, I'm not saying that's why uh, the game was named Millipede rather than Centipede Deluxe. You know, That could be the exact reason that Atari gave, but I don't see that as being a legit reason. It is a reason, but I don't think it's a legit reason myself. Point taken. Yeah. So, there we are. So, but, uh, do we really have anything more to say about Asteroids Deluxe? Oh, that should, no, just, a, that uh, should also be a space on the, uh, on the bingo card, by the way. Do, do we really have anything, have anything else to say? Well,
0: let's see. Uh, large asteroids will score you 20 points. Medium will score you 50 points. Small asteroids will score you 100.
1: Oh, I thought you said screw you.
0: Well, it depends on how you, how, how you feel what about That's happens if you get uh, hit
1: by the asteroid. That exactly. really screws Exactly.
0: The um, hexagon oh, slash yes. killer saucer slash death star slash snowflake, the thing that follows you around, That kind of follows the same pattern. You get uh, 50 points for the... uh, Actually, no, it doesn't, actually, uh, because you get 50 points for the larger ones, the big hexagon shape. When it breaks up into diamonds, the diamonds are 100 points, and uh, the triangles are 200 points. Mm -hmm. Uh, Large flying saucer, 200 points. And by the way, the way the large flying saucer allegedly works is that it shoots two shots at other asteroids, and then two shots in your direction. Oh, nice. And this small flying saucer allegedly shoots one shot at the asteroids and then two shots in your direction. I say allegedly because I've found that pretty much every single time it comes straight from me.
1: I believe in the original asteroids, the UFO just was shot in random directions, and then the what they called the satellite, which was the smaller UFO, hmm. uh, or do I have that, ba- I might have that backwards, but the the smaller of the ships was actually a little more accurate, whereas in Asteroids Deluxe, it sounds like that both of them are actually more accurate.
0: But yeah, speak, going back to uh, when I first played the um, Asteroids Deluxe, I did not know about those things. I did not know about those, uh, those hexagons and things. I, I was like, oh my God, they're coming right after me.
1: Oh gosh, that, I think that is the most fun part of the game is when those things come oh. right toward you. Yeah, as long
0: as you're expecting it, yeah. yeah. And uh, it reminded me of, um, there was a game called Solar Quest, which I believe was an arcade game, but I had it on the Vectrex. Mm-hmm. But it was an arcade game now I think about it. But there were some enemies, I think every other stage, it basically played a lot like Asteroids, and there were some enemies that did just that, they came straight after you. Mm-hmm. I think after you destroy, I, I haven't played that in like close to 30 years. So I, don't I think remember.
1: the hexagon kind of adds kind of a little bit of an Omega Race angle to the Asteroids formula. Personally, sadly, I wouldn't know. You haven't been able to get on the Omega Race machine at uh, Galloping Ghost. I have been no. able to. I have more luck getting on machines you can't get on.
0: <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, because it was never working whenever I was there. Last time but, I was uh, there, it was working. And you and I were there the same day. It must have broken after you saw it. I don't know. You Maybe. you broke
1: the machine, you jerk. That's what well, happened. It's such a good game, I wouldn't want you to play it.
0: <sighs> of course not. Why? Because you're afraid that I'd beat your pants off in scoring, kinda like how Donald Hayes beat people's pants off according to Orcade.com at Asteroids Deluxe.
1: Oh, how badly did he beat people's pants off?
0: Yeah, we're talking a lot about Donald Hayes tonight, but according to Orcade.com, he has their highest score performed August eighth, two thousand nine at Richie Knuckles. Mm-hmm. Uh fifty three thousand six hundred. Yeah. That's not much, especially considering John P. McAllister's Twin Galaxies record verified February twelfth, two thousand nine, three million three hundred thirty-three thousand three hundred sixty. Wait, isn't that the maximum score you could possibly get in Pac-Man?
1: I don't know. How? What? First of all, the uh, the one score just seems way too low, especially if you got like twenty some thousand and I got seventeen some thousand. That's like really I know. really low. But the other score seems incredibly high. I I, know. I wonder what makes up for the discrepancy there. I don't know. But the thing is, I, I buy it. I, I totally believe it. I really do. Oh, I, I, I'm not saying that that score can't be reached, because I totally believe you can get that big of a score in Asteroids Deluxe. I'm just, why the discrepancy? I, I
0: Well, you you could say that Twin Galaxies has been around since the 80s, but Orcade.com is only a few years old. But the thing is, both of these records are from 2009. Yeah. But I don't get th- it. And that, that reminds me of one other feature that Asteroids Deluxe has over Asteroids, one additional digit in the score. Ah, okay. So I believe the original Asteroids only had five digits and it rolled over at 100,000, yeah. and Asteroids Deluxe has six digits and rolls over at a million.
1: You know, thinking, which are there any uh, point-pressing things that could be done in Asteroids Deluxe? I know we discussed that in Asteroids. There were a few things you could do.
0: Well, the whole thing about the hexagons was to prevent the point-pressing.
1: But if I'm not mistaken, if you leave just one little asteroid on at the end at the end of the level, the hexagons keep coming out. You can just rack up a score on those things if I'm and not mistaken. And that's exactly
0: what I was thinking when I was playing the game. I was like I could just do this all day if I wanted to.
1: Yeah. So
0: huh. I don't I don't know. It, it, then again, it might be a difference between the ROMs too. I maybe mm-hmm. one ROM is different from the other. And by the way, they the easier ROM is commonly referred to as the European ROM. I did read that. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah,
1: nice that they get the easy ROM.
0: It just shows how how tougher we Americans are.
1: Yeah, that's true. I'm still curious about the whole, you know, some countries getting easier versions of games or harder versions of games or whatever, and what the the reasoning on a lot of that is. I'd really like to know more about that. Maybe we should talk to King Henry VIII about that. I wonder if he would have any insight.
0: Yeah, we'll have to to check with him about that.
1: Hmm. And a brief little in the conversation. Anyway. So, I believe that's it. I believe we got another one in the bag here. Hey, how many continues do you rate this? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, I'm going to rate it a four. And actually, using the same reasons why you said you rate it a four, it's just the background screen makes it a little hard to see some of the action going on. If it wasn't for that, this would easily be a five game. Okay. All right. All right, then. Well yeah, alrighty. Then we agree. Yes. So, so, give me a needle and thread, and maybe some fabric and a pattern. Oh. Anyway, uh, I think we should uh, tell people what the theme is. Yes, please do. Yeah, these are sequels that were not as successful as the originals, especially Super Zaxxon, because it sucks. I, I, I think you are overdoing it a little bit with that, but maybe only just a tiny little bit. Oh, uh, uh, I, I'm not going to say any more about it. I've said everything I want to say about that game. And puh. See, yeah, I can't even you know say the, the sad lees- thing is? I can't you know- even
0: say the Lee's syllable there. So I'm just going to say, Oh, puh.
1: the sad thing about super Zaxon is though. I will probably go back and try it again just to see if I can't get through that second asteroid. That's the sad thing.
0: You kind of have to if you're going to
1: participate in Galloping Ghost Sega Tournament. Well, that's true, but I'm probably not because I'm not going to be able to get there this week. Yeah, but, me too. But which I think with that, we should uh, probably talk about what we're going to talk about on our next episode. We don't, we're not 100% certain yet. Uh, we got one of two things that we're going to do. It all depends on us being able to get to a certain place at a certain time to play a certain game. Uh, should we reveal the name of the game or should we hold on to that? I say we hold on to it. So that's going to be a special episode, but if we can't get around to digging more information into that, whatever game could that be? Well, you'll just have to listen. If we can't get to that game, we will talk about The Simpsons and Roadrunner. Sound like a good idea to you?
0: Eh, only time will tell. There are a lot of good ideas that should just stay ideas, as this podcast has proven. That is
1: true. That's true. But uh, hey... No, so, there you go. So, you either have something to look forward to, or you can listen to this show. So, there we are. And I think with that, um, we uh, I'll just say once again, thanks to everybody for putting up with us for a year. I had a good time doing the show. We're not going anywhere, much to the chagrin of some people, but... Uh, well, I I'm, I might be
0: going somewhere. I'm going to Galloping Ghost uh, pretty soon, and possibly Underground Retrocade the same day.
1: Ooh, Ooh, somebody got their tax refund, huh? No. Uh, but me and you will be at Galloping Ghost on May 7th, which is a Saturday. So if you want to come Indeed. out and open, you can meet us up there and uh, meet up with us there. And uh, hey, maybe we'll play a game of something together, huh? huh? Wouldn't that hey. be a nice thing to do, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, people are just exploding with delight, so... All right, so I think that's everything. Again, thank you for uh, mm-hmm. listening to us for a year. Uh, we really appreciate it. Appreciate all the feedback and everything that, uh, you know, I in my wildest dreams, I never thought this this podcast would be the way it is. I mean, I've made mention before about how I've had a, had a political podcast in the past, and in the five years I did that one, I never got anywhere near the response that this show is getting. And quite honestly, I prefer talking about this anyway, because... Uh, that last show was all about opinion this one is about experiences nothing but fact super Zaxxon sucks they'll, they'll, that goes without saying uh, and in fact every time we ta- use the word fact I think we'll just say uh, super zaxon because everybody knows the fact you know so that's right. so uh, that's the uh, super zaxon jack anyway so uh, yes thanks for listening everybody and uh, hopefully we'll be here for another year and uh, hopefully everybody will be listening
0: Ooh, everybody. Ooh, everybody,
1: yes. Every Hi, single Mom. one of the three hundred, four hundred, whatever million people in the United States will be listening to the show, along with bloggers in Indonesia. And of course Vertvik. And Vertvik, yes, of course him. Uh and wait, 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 no, no, no. Uh Vertvik Viper, remember? Oh that's Great. right, Vertvick yeah, Viper. Vert Viper. Yeah. So, yeah. so I right. hear Sean
0: Holly talk about us. Come on, Sean, get with the program. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> uh, so
1: anyway, there you go. We'll see you in... Oops. (sighs) I did it again. You will hear from us in two weeks. Yes. Ish. Ish. Thereabouts. Ish. Alrighty. 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 Bye bye This episode of the Pie Factory podcast was edited and produced by Hyde St. Pierre. Opening and closing theme is the Happy L composed by Sean Courtney. Love theme from Adenda and Arata was composed by Jim Gobel. Follow the Pie Factory Podcast online via Facebook, on Twitter at Pie Factory PFP, or on PieFactoryPodcast.com. Support the show at patreon.com
0: slash Pie Factory Podcast. But yeah, anyway, let's uh, let's hear what Greg had to say. <inaudible> and
1: we're back! miss us with every bullet so far (laughs) oh boy so i'm just typing something here real quick Uh, oh come on you house well you'll never guess who waltzed right back into my life today gosh my computer's like running horribly sluggish like a wet sponge like a wet windows why?
0: Because you're afraid that I'd beat your pants off in scoring, kind of like how Donald Hayes beat people's pants off, according to Orcade.com at Asteroids Deluxe?
1: Oh, how badly did he beat people's Donald Hayes. We're doing a lot of talking about beating off here. I, I don't know if we should be... Wow. All right, well, that's an outtake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Hyde, try to find the Simpsons quote where Homer says, Thank you for correcting me. Everybody likes to be corrected. What season was that? I don't know. I don't know, but I remember hearing that one. It talks about the uh, Motion Picture Association of America's uh, ratings board and how uh, there's corruption going on, and they have interviews with uh, Roger Waters and... Well, it stinks. And
2: the the wind
1: wind cried mad.